Hi, I'm Lauren Young, and I want to welcome you to Discovery Church's podcast. Discovery Church is a community of people who are seeking truth and finding purpose. We welcome you to jump over to our website online and check us out at mydiscoverychurch.ca. With that said, let's jump into this week's message. We've been in a series called Check Your Vitals, and we've, we've said it often, and this is a truth of the gospel, that there's nothing we can do to make God love us more, and there's nothing we can do to make God love us less. But there are areas and things in our lives that we can implement to set our lives on track to be more effectively used for the gospel. And we call them vitals, things that are in our life that is vital to our spiritual health. If you went into the ER, the first thing, or the emergency room or anywhere, operating room, wherever you would go, the first thing they would do would check your vitals. No matter how sick or how mangled you are, they would check your vitals because your vitals tell you so much about what's wrong. And sometimes we have trouble hearing God's voice or we don't think that God is close or we, is God really there? Does he really love me because why would this happen? And sometimes we start doubting and not that there's, it's wrong to doubt. It's okay to doubt. It's just that if our doubt, sometimes our doubts pull us away from God when our doubts should bring us closer to God. But lots of times if our vitals are not in check, when doubt comes... We have the tendency to push God away. But when our vitals are in check and are in the line, when doubt comes, when things, when the storms of life comes, all of a sudden we're saying, God, I need to be closer. I need to be closer. I need to be closer. And that's what this whole series has been about. And uh, we believe that checking your vitals and having your, your vitals in check will help you live a life with purpose, a life of fulfillment, a life of meaning, and have an opportunity to impact our city. So we say, it, we say it often that there's 300,000 people in our city. Do, do, if, you want, if you don't believe me, do the research. Uh, there's 300,000 people in our city that have never heard the idea that Jesus could actually radically change their lives, let alone make a decision. So I put it this way, is that the greatest decision that you could ever make, 300,000 people in our city don't even know that it exists. And maybe you're here today and this is the first time you've ever walked into a church and you've never heard this before. There will be an opportunity today at the end for you to make a decision to put your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ. There's 300,000 that's never heard, but then there's thousands of more that without an opportunity and a new uh, revelation and an experience with Jesus, that in this very moment, are on their way to a Christless eternity unless they make a decision to put their faith in Jesus Christ. Luke, t- uh, 10, uh, Luke 10 and 2 says, says this. It says that the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest fields. And this whole series is about creating workers. And in Matthew 13, a few weeks ago, we talked about um, how a farmer goes and throws out seed. And some falls on the roadside and some falls on the thorn bushes. And some falls on the shallow soil and it doesn't survive. But then other seed gets thrown out on this fertile soil the Bible talks about. And the the seed that's thrown out on this fertile soil uh, produces like 30 times, 60 times, 100 100 fold. And And what Check Your Vitals is doing for us is cultivating a life that when God throws out his promises, when God throws out his purpose, when God throws out his truth onto our lives, is creating a soil, is creating a life that will grow. 
and that, 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 that we can actually be a part of the harvest that is plentiful and we can be workers opposed to just birds coming and taking it away or, or weeds or, or the hot sun. It's, uh, there's, there's a cultivated life that is ready to be used and, Im- and impact the people around us. That's what, that's what Check Your Vitals are all about. And if you've missed any of the Check Your Vitals, I could recap them, but then that's like all my time. Um, I, I encourage you, jump online, jump on our website, uh, or subscribe to our podcast, and just listen to Check Your Vitals. And ask your question, is, is there a vital that's out of the line in my life? And take the necessary steps it takes to get your vitals back in check. See, your life don't find meaning. Our lives don't find meaning by the amount of money that we make or by the kind of car that we drive, even though I'd like to drive a nicer one. Uh, The number of hours that you work. Your life will find meaning when you and us are in this place where we're helping people along in the process of making a decision to follow Jesus and have a life change. And we get to do that together. Your life will find greater meaning when you help people get closer and step into a relationship with Jesus Christ. Today's message we're actually calling from death to life. And it's the vital that we want to talk about today is witnessing. And as soon as I say the word, we're like, I almost, any, like, anybody ever watched Dumb and Dumber? Yeah. I almost named this title Big Gulps. Go. Because every time you're like, every time that I hear the word witnessing, I, I kind of feel like, oh, I'm not doing a good enough job. And I always felt like this, this guilt or this conviction or this condemnation come over me because I'm like, I'm not standing on a street corner with a megaphone or handing out tracts or banging on people's windows or knocking on doors and telling people they need Jesus. And as I was, as I was uh, even thinking about Check Your Vitals, I was kind of like, oh man, I feel sick just talking about it. And then the more that I started studying and researching and planning, I think that we can bring some light into it that is, that is vital, but we don't have to be as condemning on ourselves. I remember the first time uh, that I felt convicted about not sharing my faith. I was 17 years old. I was six weeks into my first semester of university. I was 17 in university because where my birthday laid, not because I was smart. And I remember I had two friends that we, I made friends with at university. I was away from home. I was living in Wolfville, Nova Scotia. And it was in the evening, and I was sitting on my bed in, in my billet's home, and I was playing my guitar, and I had my Bible, and I was doing my evening devotions, and I had this, this really imp- in, intense encounter with, with God, and, and, I, and I loved it. And I remember putting my guitar down and reading my word, and I remember God saying, you haven't said anything about me to anybody at school. And it's kind of like the, the only thing they knew about me, these two close friends, was that I didn't go to the bars because I was 17 and I wasn't legal yet. That was my excuse. It wasn't because I didn't want to go partying or I didn't want to go to the bars. It, the reason I didn't go was because, well, guys, I'm 17 and I don't have a fake ID. And I remember being so torn that these two friends that I've spent last six weeks with didn't know that I was a Christian didn't know that I was a church, and, and, and I didn't even rel- remotely talk about Jesus. 
And I remember, this was, this was my idea of trying to make it up, okay? Um, this is our human, humanist taking over. Anybody remember ICQ? Uh, if, you're, if you're probably like 30 or over, you might remember ICQ. If you're below that, you kind of don't. Um, it, ICQ was like the, one of the very first like instant messaging uh, programs on a, like on, online. And it would literally store every conversation you had and you didn't know about it. And it would fill up your hard drive. And you're like, why is my computer not working? It was all these high ICQ. And whenever you would send a message, you'd go, oh. And, uh, and then MSN came in and then Skype. And then ICQ like left, left the building and left the building quickly. But that's what, oh. Uh, maybe I should have named the message, oh. But I wouldn't have known how to spell it. Oh. Uh, anyway, I remember sitting down to my computer and opening up ICQ, because that's how we would communicate back and forth. And I opened up two message boxes. I said, God, okay, I'm going to witness. I'm going to tell people about you. And I opened up two message boxes, and I typed three words over here, three words over here. As Jesus loves you, Jesus loves you. Send, bang, I close it. <laughs> I don't know if they received it. I have no idea. I went to school the next day like nothing happened, but I felt like I did, I did my, my duty in witnessing that day. For a moment, I felt like, oh, finally. <laughs> it's true. I, I totally did that. But let's be honest. We've been there before. Most of us have probably been, especially if, you, if you're like, if you've been around the, around the faith or made a decision to follow Jesus for a while, you've been there before where you really felt like, man, I need to say something right now. I need to pray for somebody or, or something. I need to do something. And you kind of like... I don't know if, I don't know if God's telling me to, I don't, I don't know. Well, I'll tell you what. If you ever feel like that, God's telling you to do something. But don't kick yourself too hard. We've all been there. I think this can bring some light to witnessing this morning. Because God is already going before us, and he's already creating opportunities for you to be able to share your faith. And it doesn't all depend on us. Guess what? God just welcomes us into the work that he's already doing. And I bet you I could ask some of our dream teamers or some people that I know here um, how they came to, to Jesus. And, and all of a sudden you would, you would see these little steps, even before anybody ever told them, of God already setting things up in their lives to be warmed up to the idea that there's a Savior, that there's a gospel that they can receive to change their lives. But I think this verse right here, that it's 1 Peter 3.15, can bring a light, a little bit of a, a weight-lifted of how we should witness. The NIV puts it this way. It said, But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do it with gentleness and respect. The Living Bible translation says this, Quietly trust yourself to Christ your Lord. Anybody asks why you believe as you do, be ready to tell them and do it in a gentle and respectful way. I always looked at witnessing and kind of be like shaking somebody. You need Jesus! You know, that, that type of thing. I don't know if that's real gentle. It might be gentle in my mind, but... It's not gentle. Have you ever been downtown Edmonton where the guy's standing up on the, on the box on the street corner and is like condemning everybody to hell and you need Jesus, turn or burn, and the, the end is coming? And I'm like, 
Like, I, I, feel, I feel condemned. That's not gentle. I think we got it mixed up sometimes. Witnessing is not telling somebody why they need Jesus. The greatest tool that you have in witnessing is your own testimony. And people will respond to the need for Jesus when you tell them, and you're willing to tell people why I need Jesus. Why you need Jesus, not why they need Jesus. We all have a story that, can, that changed our lives, that can radically change everybody else's. Why can't it radically change everybody else's? Because it changed yours. Right? We can look around our world and we can, we can see why they need Jesus. But we also need to know why we need Jesus. Because before I made a decision to follow Jesus, my life was meaningful. I never had any purpose. I was seeking, I was seeking all the things that, that, that just were, were empty and I was filled with depression or I had suicidal thoughts or my, my, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't love my family the way I did. But when I came to Jesus, something clicked. And all of a sudden, my priorities shifted. See, that speaks a whole lot better to somebody than saying, hey, you need Jesus because. Because you're going to hell. That doesn't work. We've actually said, Jen mentioned it, that our vision here is to seek truth and find purpose. And we actually put this vision statement in place so it can be a tool that we can use. Because we believe that seek truth, find purpose is gentle, but it also tells our story. When I'm sitting across the table at Starbucks uh, with, with a friend and, and they, don't, they don't serve Jesus or maybe they're, they're Muslim or, or Buddhist or atheist or whatever it is, all I, this is what I say to people. I don't tell them that they need Jesus, even though in my mind, in my heart, I know that there's going to be an opportunity where they're going to come from death into life. But I sit across the table and say, look, you know what? We're all on this journey together. We're all in process. But would you come and would you, would you start a relationship where we seek truth together? Because the Bible says that God desires for everybody to come into a knowledge of the truth and everyone to be saved. When we welcome people into a relationship where people will willingly, openly seek truth, guess who they will find? Jesus. That's who they will find. They're not going to find Muhammad or, or Buddha or, or some other earth god in so-and-so land. They'll find Jesus. But we must do it with gentleness and respect. But we also must be ready. Like I said, Luke 10, 2 says that the fields are ready to harvest. They're ready. God's already doing the work. In this room, we're workers. But how many, how many people are like, coach, put me in, coach, put me in. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. Okay, young, over the boards, go. Oh, wait, 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 I got to tie up my skates. Okay, you're not ready? No, just, just give me a second. Well, we're four on, five on four. Oh, they scored. Oh, coach, sorry, man. Sorry, sorry, bro. I thought I was ready. Okay, next time. 
Okay, Young, you ready? Yeah, 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 yeah. Got my skates tied up. Jump over the boards. Oh, where's my stick? Oh, shoot. Where's my stick? We're not ready. We're not even ready when the opportunity comes available for us to talk about Jesus or to share our faith. We're kind of like, uh, what difference has he made in my life? Do we know why we serve Jesus? Do we know what difference he's made in our lives? Are we ready? Because the fields are white, ready to harvest. There are people that are depending on you. There are people that are depending on me. There are people that are depending on us to be able to tell people why we believe in Jesus because guess what? That's the doorway people will come to respond to the gospel. The Bible is filled, filled with verses that are great and they're filled with some verses that are really weird. So I'm going to read a, I'm going to read a portion of scripture right now. Now stay with me. Because first you're going to be like, what is going on? And then you're going to be like, no, that's not the Bible. So, ready? I, I, promise, I promise you it will, have, it will have an effect and it does relate. Even though you're going to be like, how, how is this going to happen? Uh, Genesis 29. I'm not very good with names, so if I botch a name, uh, just pretend it was not... Is what I said. Genesis 29, this is what it reads. About that time, Judah separated from his brothers and hooked up with a, uh, hooked up with a man in Ablam named Hara, Hara. I tried it like 12 times, Googled it and pushed it, yeah. While, while there, Judah met the daughter of a Canaanite named Shah. He married her. They went to bed. She became pregnant and had a son named Ur. She got pregnant again and had, an, had a son named Onan. She, she had another son. She named this one Selah. They were living in Kazib when she had him. Now it gets interesting. Judah got a wife for, her, for Ur, his firstborn. This is really hard for a new few roots. Um, her name was Tamar, but Judah's firstborn, Ur, grievously offended God and took his life. And God took his life. So Judah told Onan, so now the, the dad, the dad's first son was killed. Now he has a second son. Judah told Onan, which was his second son, go and sleep with your brother's widow. It's the duty of a brother-in-law to keep your brother's line alive. But Onan knew that the child would be, uh, wouldn't be his. So whenever he slept with his brother's widow, he spilled his semen on the ground so he wouldn't, so he wouldn't produce a child for his brother. God was much offended by what he did and also took his life. Now, first of all, you're kind of like, what? What? Did I, did I hear that correctly? There's polygamy going on. There's stuff everywhere. Okay, this, it's a little bit graphic. For, but first, one thing is that God created sex. Okay? God created sex, and it's okay to talk about sex in church. But this is the thing that we need to understand is that sin distorted it. Okay, sex is actually something that was a gift from God for us between man and woman inside of marriage to be able to uh, not just connect physically, but connect spiritually as well. 
Onan had a responsibility to reproduce for his brother's bloodline to continue, for his family's bloodline to continue, but he didn't want to because it wouldn't have been his kid. I love being a Christian. I love the relationship with God that I have. I love moments in worship where I can raise my hands and all of a sudden something, somebody hits a note and somebody sings something and you feel the goosebumps and you feel God so close and, and you're, it's like this intimacy with God. I love it. I love being, being in my, my personal times in, in my bedroom with my Bible and my guitar playing. But I think Onan, and this story tells us something, is that a lot of Christians are okay with the pleasure of God, but are not okay to reproduce. See, if Onan didn't, if Onan didn't want to reproduce, why would he sleep with her? He wanted the pleasure. Because sex is pleasurable. It's created for, as a good thing by God. Does God want us to be intimate with him and be close to him and, and to love him and, and, and when we're sick to be healed and when we're needing finances provided, we're needing finances to come together as a church and, and love on him? Yes, but so many times we back away when it comes time to reproduce. And honestly, we're just turning God into a one-night stand. I know that's a little bit vulgar. It's like, what, what did you say? It's true. We're going to God. He's friends with benefits. We're going to God when we want something, when we need something, when we need a touch, when we say, God, can you just come close to me? But when, when tomorrow happens and somebody's going through hell on earth and you don't speak up and say, you know what? I have somewhere you could be that will help you. And guess what? I'm a part of the family. I'm part of a discovery church. And guess what? Jesus can change your life and he can help you through the most roughest times in your life. But we say, no, 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 I'm going to stay away from that. Because I'm speaking to me as well. How many times? Three weeks ago, I was, this, this is me being vulnerable, okay? Three weeks ago, I was at a park with my kids. We went to an unusual park that we, we don't typically go to. And it was bare. It was empty. Until dad and two kids came over. And he was running over with a stroller, like one of those bike strollers. And I was like, oh, he's got a little one. He pulls a, about a seven-year-old out and lays her down on the sand. They go to this park because of sand, and she has no feeling. She can't, she can't use her legs, so she's, like, dragging her. She's just, like, running around, and God was like, pray for her. What did I do? Kids, let's go. Get, I got back on my bike in five minutes, and I just, I just left it. And that, that thought has not left my mind. But God is giving us opportunities We're a door for him to walk, for us. He's creating doors for us to walk through. See, God wants us to be close to him. God wants us the pleasures of a relationship with him. He wants us to be intimate. He wants to be close. He wants, he wants to fulfill needs. But he also doesn't want to leave it just for you. <laughs> he doesn't want to just leave it just for us. And guess what? When we actually start stepping into witnessing, being gentle, 
Not standing on street corners. Don't be, let's not be that church. God, let us not be that church. But could we be gentle, ready to share the hope that we have, to share our story for people that just need to know there's a little bit of hope? And what God did for you, guess what he wants to do for somebody else? Witnessing is vital to our lives. So what will you say tomorrow when somebody walks into your office and says, Saturday, my husband came home and gave me divorce papers. Or maybe Friday because the lawyers are not open on Saturday. Friday. Or I got a bank statement saying my, my house is getting repossessed because I haven't made a mortgage payment in four months. Are you going to look at the individual and be like, oh, sorry to hear that. Back to ICQ. Oh. Or are you going to be like, yeah. you know what? That sucks. But guess what? Four years ago, I was going through something very similar. And I found a family I found people to stand around me, and my wife and I talked about it, and we said, let's give it another shot, but in order to give it another shot, we got to get connected to a local church, and now we stand with a strong marriage, two kids that love Jesus, radically changed my life, just wanted to let you know that that's, that's there for you as well, you should come with me on Sunday, you're not telling them how to change their life, you're just telling people what God's done in yours. Can you be ready? Can we be ready? Do we know the difference? Do we, do, can we even articulate what God's done in our lives so people would want what we have? So it's a challenge for us today. Go home to your journal, write it out, text it out. Text out some, some lines because that's a part of being ready. What has God done in your life? We don't just come together because it's a nice social club. The Derek is way nicer just down the street. You need money, but down the street. This is not just a social club. This is not just for us. The empty seat that's next to you means there's somebody else that needs to be here. Right? We're not just, we're not just consumers. We're contributors. We don't just come to church to do church. I don't want to just check off another thing. That's why we planted Discovery Church, because I didn't want to go to church just because it's what I do on Sundays. I want to go to church because it makes a difference in the other 167 hours of the week. God's saying, get in the game. Lace them up, be ready. Because an opportunity is coming. You don't know when the opportunity is coming, but you got to be ready. When the coach says, all right, young, jump over the boards, go in. So we, we don't need people spectating. We don't need people on the bench. We need people in the game because the harvest is plentiful and the workers are few. And we need workers to get in the game because God is wanting to bring thousands of people, 300,000 people plus in our city into the storeroom of heaven. And it's up to us. It's up to us. Not to standing on street corners. It's up to us to be ready and to be gentle and to give the hope of what we know. Give a reason for the hope that we believe. 
Thanks for taking the time to tune into this week's podcast. Feel free to like or share it on social media. Subscribe to the podcast through iTunes to be sure to never miss a recording. If this ministry has impacted your life in any way, we would love to hear about it. Please share your story with us by sending us an email at info at mydiscoverychurch.ca. Have a fantastic week.